This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Napa know-how. Right now, Napa Legend batteries come with a $15 rebate by mail. Their long-lasting durability stands up to extreme conditions. So even on scorching days, it'll puff its chest out and be all like, hey, summer heat, find another car battery to drain. Napa Legend batteries with $15 mail-in rebate. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores. Offer expires 8 31 Blog Talk Radio. of all ages. My name is MC Money. I am joined by certain the soccer freaky creepy soccer dad who drives a white van all over Cleveland luring people with candy and my main man house under dash money. Here we go. Finsider Radio. We are kicking things off right away with the NFL Top 100. Cameron Wake coming at number 62 and none other than my boy Jay Ajayi coming in at number 69. And ladies and gentlemen, we all know what number 69 means, right? Greatness. It's the number right before 70. If you're dirty, get your mind out of the gutter. 
because we do not do dirty on this show. This is a family oriented family program. Yeah. We understand at there are We understand there are children listening to us right now at, at this Your very daughter. minute. And children, meaning my daughter who was watching Frozen on the TV screen right next to me and jumping on the sofa, probably going to oh, fall off know. pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> uh, but hey, I have a podcast to do, okay? And that's just the Can way it's going to be. Song? What song? So you want to build a snowman? Yeah, we sing that all the time, but you didn't do a very good job singing that, so we're just going to move on and pretend that I don't didn't happen. Yes, yes, I don't yes, yes. have time to work on it, okay? I'm going to try to edit that out of the show. And, it's too uh, late. That's just, the way, that's just the way it's going to be. There's like 30 people listening to this. It's it's too late, dude. <laughs> and, and half of third, them are my children. Yep, and the <laughs> other three are us, and then my family members who drive up the ratings for the show. <laughs> All right, so we are growing. We've been doing this for o- almost a year, and we've grown every single week, you know? But, ladies and gentlemen, it is the dead of the off season right now, so we're going to kind of mix things up and have a little fun. We know our live thread is absolutely on fire right now with five comments. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Two or something, and I think. <laughs> that, 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 you know, that, it is what it is. So, we will, we will get back on track once training camp begins. But I just want to start off, before we get into the top 100 and discuss that a little bit, something very serious um, that happened on Twitter yesterday. And <laughs> someone, someone made a uh, very, I don't want to say demeaning, but it was a uh, um, questionable comment towards Sutton, the soccer dad. And someone compared, <laughs> someone compared Sutton, our doubles, our dibbles, our dubs, Rob, a.k.a. our dubs. Hopefully Rob is out right of control. Great guy. Uh, he is completely out of control. That kid has no filter at all. Um, if they <laughs> found out he was tweeting, he'll probably get fired on the spot. Anyways, um, Rob, a.k.a. our dubs, came at Sutton and, and called him none other than Antonio Cromartie. And, and Sutton, I know you are offended by that comment, and I know you had to um, – really talk this over with us. And I know you were texting us very upset that you were called Antonio Cromartie. But Sutton, face the facts, you have four kids, dude. You are basically Antonio Cromartie's Finside Radio, as our dub says. So you need to get over it. Stop having children. Keep it in your pants. And, uh, <laughs> and stop doing what you're doing because it's out of control. I, I, I mean, I'm mostly upset that he compared me to a Jets fan. I mean, that's... That's what hurt me the most. But I consider myself a little more legendary in the sense that I don't have multiple baby mamas. This is, I, I got true. one baby mama. That's true. You know what Very I mean? true. Very good point, son. So if I kept at that pace and he just had one baby mama, yeah. I think we're at a pretty pretty even race there. So Yeah, no, fantastic I, I'm point. Sa- I'm, yeah, and I'm saying true to the – and I, I'm willing to be – from already certain the soccer dad that's okay I, I will embrace i will embrace that role if that's I think what it we are comes on, to i think we might be onto something here cromarty the socks cromarty uh what would you what'd you call it Sutton cromarty the certain cromarty do we just go certain cromarty yeah do certain we do Com- certain cromarty or cromarty certain <laughs> certain cromarty the soccer dad Antonio, yeah, I got it. yeah right. i like it either either way i'm i'm okay all right well now that we spent five minutes talking about 
Is there any way you can get Cromartie on the show, Kanata? I know you got those connections. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I will reach out to them. We can see who has the better swimmers. Like, they could do some Michael Phelps type. <laughs> no, okay, Here, here's the way to test it. I, I get a vasectomy, and then if I still produce children somehow, I have then, a feeling you will. I have a then, feeling you will. <laughs> like, then there's no question about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are, are, you, are you done gloating about your ability to have children, like the drop of a uh, button? I know there's so many people that can't have children. They're like, I hope this guy dies. But, but yeah, let's, yeah, we should probably move on. All right. I'm not ready to move on yet because I really think you need to stop having children. It's a little out of control. <laughs> Keep it going, dude. You almost got a bad. I can't. Too. I can't control twins. I mean, that's that's some ridiculous stuff right there. That's absolutely brutal. <laughs> All right. Anyways, yeah. speaking of uh, having kids, J.H.I. came in at number 69, and uh, what a perfect segue, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 69 <laughs> has something to do with having children? <laughs> not, not at all. Um, <laughs> so, J.H.I. coming in at 69 was not on the list last year because he was behind Lamar Miller and, and wasn't really going yet. J.H.I. almost cut before the Seattle Seahawks game. J.H.I. almost traded before the Seahawks game. J.H.I. left home as the Dolphins traveled to Seattle. J.H.I., if he didn't get his act together, would not be a Miami Dolphin today. J.H.I., if there was no injury concerns with all the running backs in Miami during training camp, would not be a Miami Dolphin today. Turned it around and became one of the best running backs in the NFL this past season. I know that's a bold statement, but I absolutely am convinced of it, and I think he's only going to get better from here. But what a huge, huge jump, right? I mean, for not being on a list at all to being number 69 of the top 100 players in the NFL as voted on by his peers. I mean, that, to me, is pretty impressive. And if we look at number 100 and and going down, number 98, Adrian Peterson. Okay, so Ajay, according to his peers, is better than Adrian Peterson. Look here at Blunt, number 80. Um, going, going up the list again, and then it's J.H.I. at number 69. No other running back has been named yet. Obviously, still a long way to go before they remind, uh, get down to number one. But I, I'm sure Ezekiel Elliott will obviously be before him and several others. But, you know, that's pretty impressive to be that for, the, you know, your first years as, as a full-time starter. Uh, what do you think, Simon? And every time I think about J.H.I., I think about that run against Buffalo – at Buffalo late in the season where he gets oh met three, three yards in the backfield. He that breaks two tackles and, you know, and he gets in for the touchdown. And that's, that's the type of run that reminds me of Jay Ajayi. And growing up uh, as a fan of the Dolphins in the nineties, it's nice to see some resemblance of Ricky Williams out there, the way that he breaks tackles and runs with such passion and I can only hope that he can continue that pace as he goes forward. Yeah, I mean, for me, you touched on it right there, Ricky Williams. I mean, he was one of my favorite players when he was with the Dolphins. And I still remember the, the day I went to work, and I think it was the third day the draft was going on. I came home, and I just remember telling my wife and my best friend was there. I said, yo, man, the Dolphins just got – they got pickle juice. I don't know if you guys remember. Boise State, he had those stomach cramps. And there was just that picture of him just chugging out of a jar of pickles. And, I mean, I referred to him as that then. His rookie year, I was kind of high on him. I mean, big Lamar Miller fan here. That's that's well documented throughout the, the Twitter universe. But 
I mean, J.H., I always saw promise in him, and I, I don't know if it all had to do with that pickle juice or just the fact that he ran like a young Marshawn Lynch, but, I mean, to see him live up to the hype that, I mean, many of us expected him to be, I mean, no one could expect him to be this kind of player he is, but, I mean, after those first two weeks, everyone was kind of down on him. Like Kanata said, he was almost cut, and then to come back, I mean, I was in the stands there for that Pittsburgh game, and he just ran his ass off. He looked like his dreads were on fire. He just ran over people, and, I mean, that's a J.H.I. I was always hoping to see. I, I know people had concerns with uh, perhaps his injury. I know he had some kind of bone-on-bone bone in his leg. But, I mean, for me, J.H.I., he's my favorite player. Uh, I just love the guy. So, I mean, to see him at 69, I think that's fair considering that one good year. I know in that interview he said he thinks he's 30 to 40. Uh, you compare his stats to guys like Todd Gurley last season, I mean, J.H.I., he's the freaking man. And I just can't wait to see what he's going to do in year two under Adam Gates. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, and we'll see where we go from there. Christensen said he's going to be, what, 300% better than he was this year? That is a lot, um, a lot of um, improvement. So Cameron Wake, everyone who basically said they wanted to move on from him after after before last season, comes in at number 62. Cameron Wake is an absolute freak, but if you really pay attention to what he does with his body and how he eats and the care he takes and the amount of work he puts into it, you should not be surprised that he is still producing at age 34 and probably at age 35 coming up to this season. will have no problem producing again, especially as the Dolphins try to keep him fresh as the season goes on and his career goes on as well. So Cameron Wake coming in at 62. Joshua House, you are the Cameron Wake guru. What do you have to say about Cameron Wake? <laughs> I mean, you talked about what he eats. I mean, I kind of think he might eat small children, how big of a beast he is. I mean, Cameron Wake, I still remember back when Jeff Ireland they gave him a chance out of the CFL. I remember thinking, uh, who is this guy? You know, like just some castaway in the NFL. He came on, he, he made a name for himself, and every year he just seems to get better. He seems to be that guy. I mean, we all remember Jason Taylor, uh, sack specialist, always was able to get to the passer. I mean, Cameron Wake, he, he's got to be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL right now, and doing that at the level he is at this age, I mean, it's impressive. So I can't wait to see, like you said, Kanata. You get him in there fresh, rotate him in there with Charles Harris and some of those other guys, I mean, the sky's the limit for uh, Cameron Wake. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, and I don't know if you have similar thoughts to what House said, but uh, what, what do you think? I mean, with Wake last year, it was pretty neck-and-neck neck race with uh, comeback player of the year with the way he came back from injury, how old he was. I mean, it's just a, a pretty incredible story with with what he can do on the field. Um, the way he takes care of himself, like you guys have already reiterated. Um, it's and, – and I saw a story today on Twitter about him still wearing his CFL shirt around the locker room. Like he wears that with a badge of pride. So he is just a monster, and we're just so – we're so lucky to have him, to be quite honest with you. Uh, we're we're a very lucky fan base to have Cameron Wake on our team. The way that he uh, produces on the field and the way he carries himself off the field. Yeah, he he has that in his locker as a reminder of where he came from, and it is a uh, very good reminder because no one gave Cameron Wake a chance coming out of college, and when Bill Parcells offered him that contract, he had offers from the Giants as well, I believe, and some other teams. He picked Miami, and the rest is obviously history. So there are a few Dolphins who were named to the list last year who still have not been named. Most notably, uh, Jarvis Landry coming in 98 last year, vowed to make good on that to get higher. And so far, uh, six 
some odd names announced. Jarvis Landry is not one of them, but we fully expect him to be named an NFL top 100. The only question is how high can he go? Rashad Jones, 64 last year. Probably not this year because of the injury, but who knows? And Adamican Sue at 40 last year, probably maybe a little higher, maybe around the same range, but he should be in the top 100 as well. Let's start with Jarvis Landry. How high do you think can he go on the NFL top 100? I'm going to say top 25. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's bold. Yeah. I, I, um, I, go ahead, son. I, I was going to say maybe mid to late 30s. Um, for him to be in the top 25, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm a Dolphins fan, so I'd love to see it. Um, I think there's a lot of good football players out there. But I, th- I, I think uh, his his nesting spot, if we do see him on there, and the only concern that I have is he was 98 last year. So um, I, I know he had an incredible year last year, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. But if he is up there, um, I, th- I yeah, I think he's late 30s, maybe early 40s, but obviously tremendous player for the Dolphins last year. Pouts, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to go somewhere in that 30 area like Sutton said. I mean, for me as a Dolphins fan, Jarvis Landry is one of my favorite players. In my opinion, one of the best receivers in the NFL. I, I was going to try to avoid that homer talk. I'm not saying you're being a homer, Kanata, but uh, – No, you're, you're, mid- you're saying I'm being a homer without saying it. In a roundabout way, I'm saying that's a, that's a little homer. <laughs> I mean, for me, I think what it comes down to is pro- productivity. I mean, he has all those receptions. He has all those yards, but the touchdowns is where he's lacking. So, I mean – for me, top 25, that's that's probably where I'd put him. But I'm going to say, like Sutton said, I think I was thinking like 35 or, or a little bit higher in that 30 to 40 range. And, I mean, I definitely think he can continue to get better, and I think he will. But for me, that's that's where I was thinking. But he does he does have that highlight reel ability. I mean, yeah. he does have those plays on tape. So you think it uh, might be a little bit more viewer-friendly for – NFL.com to put somebody like Jarvis and, Landry up on the list, you know. Yeah, and the hard the hardy plays with. I mean, there's very few players. I mean, personally, I, I watch lots of football. I love the game of football. I think we all do. I think there's very few players in the NFL that play with the kind of passion and emotion that Jarvis Landry does. So, I mean, you see his peers seeing that, seeing the way he plays game in and game out. I mean, that ultimately is what this NFL Top 100 is. It might not necessarily be those stats, but I, I do agree with and when when you look at that, I think there's definitely a real possibility he could be up there in the top twenty to, to thirty. Right yeah, and then there's that there's that play against the Los Angeles Rams where he's kind of swallowed up around the eight yard line or so, and then yep. he just gets gradually pushed into the end zone. I mean that that play exonifies Jarvis Landry. So yeah, yeah, you know, amazing. All right, how about Ndamukong Sue? Forty last year. What do you think he comes in at this year? House. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to say he's going to be above Landry, in my opinion. I think Landry, like we both said, great receiver, like we all said, great receiver. But Ndongi Sue, he's probably one of the best defense tackles in the NFL. I think he probably continues to move up there. I'm going to say he's within uh, that 10 to 20 range, so a little bit higher than Landry. Okay. Uh, Sign, how about you? Just in general, I like the top 100 because it is an evaluation of the players, by the players. So I think you get a little more insight into some of these players than maybe we do as fans. But when you look at Sue, 
Yeah, I'm looking maybe mid to late 20s with the year that he had last year. I mean, he was constantly wreaking havoc, constantly making plays, and he just seems to get better. And the more and more he plays with us, the less and less we think about that contract. I, I agree. And when he was signed, it was obviously the biggest contract in NFL history for a defensive player or a guy other than a quarterback. But now when you look at other people signing their contracts, he's not the highest defensive player paid anymore. And that contract will just dwindle on as the cap grows and grows and grows. All right, Rashad Jones, the other one at number 64 last year. Do you think he makes the list this year? No, but I think he's yeah. a, I, I, I think he's a, probably the top candidate for – comeback player of the year absolutely I think he's the best player on our defense so I mean um it's a shame he's not on there but what do you expect from a guy that got hurt so I mean I'm I'm stoked to see what he can do this season I am stoked as well and I do think he is a prime candidate for uh comeback player of the year okay any other Dolphins you think makes the list how about Ryan Tannehill oh man that's a tough one (laughs) What about you, Sully? Nah. I mean, I'd love to see him there, but I just don't think his peers, I mean, got hurt last season. I think if he would have continued playing, I mean, he would have led the Dolphins to a playoff game. And, I mean, who that Steelers game, it was it was ugly. But, I mean, who knows what would have happened if Tannehill was in there. So, we could be saying it, talking a whole different story had uh, had he stayed healthy. But, for me, I, I can't see him in there, not, not last year. Well, I, and just a random thought to consider – when you're doing this poll, you're polling all NFL players. And when you're comparing quarterbacks to all positions that don't play quarterback, I mean, there's going to be a lot of non-quarterbacks that vote on these positions. And I, I would think there's probably just a slight bias towards not voting for quarterbacks because it's already kind of universally recognized how important those positions are. So I think quarterbacks are kind of going to be deflated on these kind of rankings, so to speak. So not to excuse Tannehill, I don't think he would make it as a top 100 player anyway. Um, but just to say that quarterbacks in general are kind of going to be devalued in this ranking, but Man, it would sure be nice next next year to be looking at this list and expecting to see Tannehill somewhere in there. I mean, that would be a great feeling. Yeah, just real quick, who do you guys think is the, the number one overall player on this list? I'm, I have a guy in mind, and I, I was going to say, I was going to say, speaking of deflated and quarterbacks. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I think I think I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's kind of Madden. I think it's going to be obvious that Tom Brady's going to be the number one quarterback. I mean, not number one quarterback, number one player on the NFL top 100. He was number two last year. I think after that Super Bowl performance, you might hate the guy, but listen, what he did in that Super Bowl was absolutely amazing. And I hate saying that, but it's the absolute truth, right? (laughs) Yes. That's exactly who I figured would be number one. That's why I had to bring it up because it's a damn shame. And we're talking about quarterbacks. It's just that seems to be – at least in my opinion, who I think is going to be that number one player chosen by the players. Yep. It sucks. It sucks. But, oh, well. Yeah. All right. I think we have a caller on the line. Well, we do have a caller on the line. Hopefully they yeah. want to talk top 100. If not, we'll talk about what they want to talk about. Welcome to Finsider Radio. Who are you and what is your name? Or what do you want? What, who are you and, yeah, what do you want? Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dolphin fan for life. Yeah, Chris, 
Yeah, Christophe. What you got going on? Um, well, first off, uh, just a quick comment about the top 100. You asked what Dolphins should be on the list or will be on the list. I think you can count Sue and Landry on that list. I mean, Jay and Jai made it, and, you know, Landry's going to be on there. Um, basically. You like to think so. It's just, you just never know. I mean, that's just. Yeah, he will. He made the Pro Bowl based on having four touchdowns because he caught so many passes. You know, there were players who scored more, but he still made the Pro Bowl. You know, and Sue, Sue's pretty much the name on the defense. So, but uh, my question is. Uh, not about the top 100. It's more about um, last year we got a lot of flack for a lot of moves that ended up panning out. Which move do you think we got the most flack for this year that should be the biggest surprise? All right, Christoph. Thank you for calling. I'm going to put you on mute. Uh, Sutton is the uh, free agency guru and the roster manager guru. Yes, he is. He builds incredible rosters on he, he builds incredible rosters on Madden. So we're gonna yep. give this one a second. Sutton, what do you think? Okay, not only am I a guru in anything, I don't even own Madden, nor do I oh, own come a on. video gaming system. Come but on. since we're playing the game, um the question was what transaction is might be a little bit befuddled right now, but will look good in hindsight. Was that kind of the question? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I yeah, that's a good question. I'm actually going to go going to rookie defensive tackles in the in the fifth round there, just because uh, Jordan Phillips. Although we've seen the flashes on there, I think we need some depth, and I think the competition between the two rookies is going to be a very valuable thing because I think they bring different aspects to the table. So we're going to see which niche uh, this defensive tackle uh, rookie is going to fill. And I think it's going to be a nice compliment to what Jordan Phillips does. So I think the competition between the two fifth uh, round defensive tackles that we selected, Vincent Taylor and Devon Godshaw, um, that's going to be a huge development and training camp. All right. Thank you, Sutton, our roster guru. Sorry, I was on mute you for a second. First off, thank you for calling Insider Radio. We appreciate your loyalty to us, and we will never uh, break up with you. Sutton, that was a phenomenal answer. A phenomenal question. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Here we go. So, where were we? We were talking about the top 100, right? Okay. So, and then Christoph continues talking about top 100. But let's take one question from the live thread, the only question that's in there. It's a very good question. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. And then I want to get into something very near and dear to House's heart, but we'll get to that in just a few. So, Sutton, please read me the question because I know you're really geeked up about it. Oh, so deep up about it. And it's from Mike Hawk. 
Yeah. Five nineteen. <laughs> Watch your mouth. You heard what it's I a said. Family show, sir. I said it's my cock, and it's oh, five nineteen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. My cock. It's Tony Hawk's brother, right? <laughs> okay, so he lives in Canada, and he's listening to a Detroit talk show, and they're doing a segment, and the coaches say that that they're asking what pro sports team is likely to have their coach that's coaching for them right now. They're going to coach for them in the next 10 years. And the entire panel all agree that Gase would be one of those coaches. Detroit is about as unrelated to the Dolphins as anyone, so I was glad to hear an independent positive opinion for once. What do you guys think? Is it too early to crown Gase as a savior? Is there any chance he's Sperano 2.0 and we crap the bed this year? I'm going to throw this to Houts first. All right. I mean, I I know you're new to Twitter, but that was something that I don't know about Kanata, but I saw that Sperano and Adam Gase, the the comparison, that's just ridiculous to me. I mean, you can just see the way the two coaches carry themselves, the way the teams play, the way they prepare each and every week. I mean, I don't think – uh, Adam Gase and Tony Sperano's name should even be in the same sentence unless you're just describing uh, Dolphin head coaches. But for me, I mean, I guess you could probably say it's too early, but that might just be me being that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm that homer that doesn't want to sit there and get too far ahead of myself. But for me, Adam Gase, I mean, he's the best coach we had since Shula, in my opinion. I, I don't think anything could change that. I think what we saw with the Dolphins last season – they completely changed the team around. I mean, you see these drafts and the free agents, they, they continue to want to be here, and the Dolphins just keep – I, I, I want to knock on wood because, I mean, this draft this year and the one last year, I mean, you just see the Dolphins continuing to get good players, good football guys who have good characters. And, I mean, this is something we haven't seen in, in decades. So, I mean, it, it might be too early, but the homer, I mean, wants to say no way in hell, and I completely agree with those analysts. I mean, I can see Adam Gase being there for the next decade if not longer with the Miami Dolphins. Here's my thing on Adam Gase. Within two to three years, Adam Gase will have full control over this roster. That is yes, what please. I'm saying tonight. Because he has already made strides into taking control over the roster, and obviously there's still some situation to be sorted out there and, and such. But I think if the Dolphins continue to be successful, which I think they will, you're not going to sit there and break it up just for the sake of breaking it up, but you might see Tannenbaum move into a different role within the organization and possibly Greer take a little more of a back seat, at least behind, but maybe not publicly. Okay. I, I think, uh, I think Gase is totally different than Tony Sperano. Tony Sperano had the extreme gift of Chad Pennington dropping right into his lap in June, on a June 1st cut, if Chad Pennington never comes to the Dolphins, the Dolphins obviously do not have that type of season. Pennington was at the end of his career. He was a veteran. He needed no more developing than what he already had. He was smart. If Tony had to develop him like he had to develop Chad Henney, it would have been a disaster from year one. Instead, Tony Sperano pulled wool over everyone's eyes with the Wildcat, with a quarterback who Sperano did not touch at all, and, and you know, with smoke and, smoke and mirrors. Gase is doing it the old-fashioned way. Hard-nosed running game, developing a quarterback that needs to be developed, developing a receiver core, upgrading the roster, and really installing his type of team. 
Uh, I think Gates is completely different and on a whole different level than Tony Sperano is. Agree? I mean, I, I, I agree with you guys. I'll just play devil's advocate real quick with you, though, just because it's interesting to me. Oh, man, don't do it. <laughs> the fact that Sperano had a good wildcat with the gimmicks, doesn't that mean that he did less? Uh, he did more with a less roster? Hmm. I mean, I, I, I would think, and I know this, is, this would be an interesting debate with Dolphins fans, is Tannehill versus Pennington. What kind of quarterback do you prefer? Uh, personally, I like Tannehill, and I think maybe a fair majority of Dolphins fans would agree with me. But Pennington, like you guys said, I mean, this is a veteran that was as accurate as they come. And Wildcat did help that offense, but Pennington's accuracy also helped that offense, being able to throw to Fasano, on third down, being able to throw to the running backs. I mean, the quarterback-wide receiver tandem wasn't that pronounced during that era of Dolphins football, but uh, we were able to get the ball down the field. And, man, Wildcat, that that kicked ass. I mean, going into Foxborough and being able – seeing Ronnie Brown spike the ball in the end zone, that's one of, like, my favorite moments of the Dolphins fans, watching them spike the ball – after another wildcat touchdown. So I'm not willing to just completely minimize the Sperano years because that, that was such a roster turnaround for us. So, I mean, it's Gase certainly has more, has a higher ceiling than what Sperano had just because Sperano, he didn't have any head coaching experience, but he was pretty much a puppet of the Dallas Cowboys organization. But Gase, I mean, he's seemed kind of a gangster type the entire way he's matriculated his way through the NFL. So you still have to like what Adam Gase has to offer despite Sperano's impressive first year with Miami. I, th- I think yeah, Gase man. is going to be around for a long time. I know it's only one year, but the signs have been very promising. But, of course, the NFL is a year-to-year thing, so you never know for sure. All right, Rob Carruth asks, are we expecting Charles Harris to sign soon? Uh, Charles Harris has not signed his contract as of yet. He said that he does going, he does plan to participate in the rookie minicamp next week. Uh, it's all slotted in, guys, so it's just a matter of right now offset language, which is a common battle for first-round picks. But deadline spur action, as Andrew Brandt would like to say, and I think that um, – you know, it will get done in due time. Okay. Yep. Something that Houts is very passionate about, and maybe you guys are too, but the NBA lottery was tonight, right? <laughs> and there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of talk about it. So Houts, I'm gonna have, let you give some background, and this is what we're gonna close the show out with this week. We're gonna talk about wide receiver core. But we're going to talk about that next week because it's the offseason and we need things to talk about. So we'll delay that to next week. But, Hollis, I want you to give some background, okay? All right. Well, first, I'm no NBA draft expert. I watch every year I probably turn on that lottery just because I know the Sixers suck and they have a pretty damn good chance to get in that top pick. Honestly, I thought when you were doing that segue into me, I thought you were going to talk about the Madden cover and that whole Tom Brady curse. 
we're going into the draft. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for me, I'm sitting there watching it, and it's like, okay, well, we're going to talk gets... about Brady and the Madden curse next week. Okay, yeah, because that real that pisses me off even more. But I, I'm sitting there and I'm watching. Okay, well, if LA gets a top three pick, the Sixers don't get their pick. If Sacramento gets a top ten pick, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And then if Sacramento gets a top five pick. Philadelphia has a chance to trade with it's like what the hell is going on like if the if the NFL did this it, it would just be completely absurd I mean I I guess it works for the NBA I mean I don't understand and then I sit there and I see I I watch basketball very 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 rarely throughout the year and I sit there and I see a team that's in the Eastern Conference finals getting the number one overall pick so that would be like if we were sitting there watching the NFL draft and the freaking New England Patriots got the first overall pick like it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, maybe there were trades last year. I'm sure that's what it was. But for just for teams to sit there and get a choice, well, if they land in the top three, they get this pick. And if not, this team gets their pick, and then they have this chance to trade with them. It, it makes no sense to me. So uh, that's pretty much where I stand with the NBA draft. Yeah, let, let me comment real quick. Let me comment real yeah, quick and see money and it, and how this really just boils down to you being a – huge NFL fan over other sports organizations just because right. the, N- the, the NFL NFL and NBA do their business a little bit differently. NFL is based on parity and the NBA really isn't. Um, salary caps are different. So the NBA salary caps, I mean, it's that those are guaranteed contracts. So uh, if you end up having a son, how you should definitely push them in the basketball direction because they're going to have better longevity the way the CBAs of their respective organizations are worded. Um, what about so that's, baseball? That's re- Where does baseball fall in there? Well, I, I, I mean, kept thinking, I mean, I mean baseball, he's hit a ball. I mean, he should be playing baseball, right? I mean, that's a fair question. I think if you can get him into the pitching aspect of things, right. um, you're, play, you're playing like once a week. So you're playing maybe 30 times during the year, maybe 40 times during the year. Um, a little bit more if you get into the playoffs, obviously. But if you're getting into the playoffs, you're getting paid more. So um, I, I think baseball actually is probably the way to go right. if you're looking for uh, an, the interplay of getting paid slash what the long-term effects are. So, so let me just ask you, do you have it like – I mean, you have what? You have four four boys, right? Correct. Do you yeah. have them? Do you have yeah, like as of last you have them like okay? Do you have them like okay? You're going to in the end, you're going to try to play football. These two are going like you yeah. have it all figured out. Do you know which one? Yeah. Like your time and your yeah, forty, have, and they're they're checking out their jump shot and things like that. Is this something that's going on in Sutton's house? Yeah, I have I have I have <laughs> one of the twins that I'm alternating between hockey and tennis. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out which one they're kind of – and golf has to get mixed in there just because we – I, I, I need to leave room for the fact I might have one loner child. <laughs> so this, this conversation <laughs> turns completely sideways very quickly, huh? Yes, it's it sure does. What do that's, you that's what we do. I, that's what we I do. I love the game of basketball, but the draft makes shit for sense. So, I mean, this, this was fun. I mean – I really someday certain when your kids are old enough, you gotta do like a combine and just have all these different skills competitions thrown in the trash cans. I, I mean, we need to see who the 
the best certain really is. <laughs> I, I mean, that's like, that's like every weekend at my house. But, yeah, that's, that's I, mean, awesome. I mean, back to your point, I mean, the, the NBA draft is just so crazy because if you think about it, like the Dolphins could have the, the first pick for the next five drafts if they get so lucky. So it's really a matter – luck is sprinkled in there a little too much more compared to what the NFL does. I mean, if you're – a, a bottom of the barrel NFL team, you're going to get the first round pick no matter what. But if you're a bottom of the barrel team in the, in the NBA, you're not necessarily guaranteed that first round pick. So it drastically changes the, uh, how organizations approach that middle and end of the year. So, you know, the NBA, it's so easy to tank, right? We see it in front of our eyes as the season goes on. NFL is a little harder to tank unless you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and magically throw 12 guys on the field when you're about to score the winning touchdown. Um, but it, it's a lot easier, which is why they have the lottery, right? So in theory, it makes sense. But in reality, when things like this happen, it's, it's not good for the sport. And we're on the brink of seeing another Cavs versus Warriors championship game, which, I mean – boring right you can only want to yeah I mean I I live in Cleveland so I'd obviously like the Cavs to win another championship but I mean it's when you look at Boston like how it said Boston's in the conference finals they're the number one seed and they're getting the number one overall pick I mean I I don't understand that overall structure if you're trying to make the NBA as competitive as possible especially considering how there's so many more games for there to for that competition to to show up. I mean, I, I would think that parity would be even more pronounced in the NBA and the MLB just because there's that many more games. So you want to showcase that competition day in and day out, and you just don't see that with the way the draft lottery is set up. Right. Obviously, the NFL will never, ever go to that. It's perfectly fine the way it is, but it just sheds light, again, on why the NFL is one of the best sports out there when you compare it to basketball, baseball, um, tennis, golf, wrestling, any other sport I missed, hockey. It's just king. And who knows how long it will remain king, but it's king, and it's going to stay that way for the foreseeable future. All right, anything else, boys, before we wrap up the show tonight? Nah, I just I look forward to talking to you guys about the Dolphins wide receiver room next yeah. week. I mean, it's we just did, a completely loaded room. So we many did have different. A we go ahead. Let me talk. Jesus. Uh, yeah. I mean, go ahead. No, you can finish. No, uh, <laughs> when you guys are done, I need to say something because this is ridiculous. We had a great conversation planned for the wide receiver room, uh, but we're going to hold off to next week. Yes, House. All right. Well, I was on Twitter and I just saw someone say that they were complete. They were blocked by Charles Harris for just welcoming to the team. And I searched Charles Harris' name, and there I am, freaking blocked by him. Charles Harris, what the hell, dude? Wait, like, what? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you guys can go check. I don't know if you guys tweeted Charles Harris when he got drafted by the Dolphins. I might have said something about how sweet it was for him to, you know, Sasquatch was in the background. I think I, I tagged him in a picture with him and Cameron Wake. But, I mean, <laughs> uh, he, he blocked me. It's freaking hilarious. I, I have no idea what I did. 
Uh, maybe it's his PR rep being like, yo, stay the hell away from these fans. But, yeah, Charles oh, Harris. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> 22nd overall pick freaking blocked me. And, um, I mean, I'm not upset about it. It's kind of funny. I just figured I had to say <laughs> I am not blocked. <laughs> I am not blocked. Well, what the shit? Bring him on the show. I want to confront him. So uh, I want to know what it was. It's funny because <laughs> someone, someone uh, posted a picture of Sasquatch running with the football with a Dolphins logo on the chest, and Charles Harris retweeted it. So I don't think it's that. I don't yeah. know what you ever said to him. I don't know. You saw the Step Brothers picture I photoshopped with him and Cameron Wake with the the quote. Oh, I mean, that was the only maybe. thing I tagged him in, and that's I mean that's pretty awesome to me. So I, I don't know what it is. He didn't block me. Yeah. So I I don't know. Maybe maybe I friends with Eric. Eric, that's the thing. Eric's uh, pretty down on him. So maybe he's just like, yeah, screw this guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't not know. Blo- I'm not blocked I mean, either. I mean, I did, I did post, I did say shout out to Eric for these Charles Harris tweets. I mean, he was kind of down. I don't know what it was. Either way, he blocked me, and it is what it is. <laughs> All right. I do want to take this one more call because we don't like to hang up on callers. So let's take this nope. call and we'll end the show. 480-825, who are you and what do you want from us? Uh, I'm a Chad. I'm a diehard Dolphins fan living in Arizona. Just wanted to first say uh, thanks, guys, for doing these shows. It's awesome to always have other fans get together, especially from other states. It was more of to kind of answer the NBA draft lottery. So the reason why they had that pick, the Celtics, was from a trade they made two years ago for when they traded uh, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and then Jason Terry. So they actually got this year's first-rounder, and then they have next year's first-rounder too. But I completely agree. I think the lottery is a sack of shit. I don't think it's a good thing at all. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm in complete agreement because uh, if the NFL did that, it would be a, a, a catastrophe. We, we don't need New England having any more juice than they already have, as you can see by this yeah. off season and everything that they've done. So, but uh, yeah, I follow you guys all on Twitter. So thanks so much for what you do, and it's exciting. Uh, I got season tickets, so I hope to see you guys out there for one of the games, one of the takeovers. But uh, just as always, fins up, man. All right, man. Awesome. Thanks awesome, man. Thank you. Phone call. Uh, yeah, we love when fans call and just shoot the crap with us, you know? Really nice stuff. Really nice stuff. And how yeah. can shut you down? So, yeah, you can go cry tonight. Well, okay. well, what was that last part? <laughs> nothing. Nothing Thank at all. Thank you for your permission. Uh, anything else, boys? No. No, I think that's I'll... it. All right. Ready well, that's going to be it for tonight's show on Finside Radio. We'll continue to watch the Top 100 unveiling. We'll have exclusive coverage. Actually, not exclusive at all because we're going to be a few days late few uh, days late with it but we will uh, consider it exclusive and tell you it's exclusive and we don't care what you think we're going to call it what we want and next week the wide receiver core and whatever else house would like to talk about because house is the man for house under stash money and certain cromarty the soccer dad i am mc money <laughs> Thanks for joining us here on radio we'll talk to you next week
Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.